Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 3, Text 5. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. <clears throat> Thereafter, at the auspicious time for the appearance of the Lord, the entire universe was surcharged with all the qualities of goodness, beauty, and peace. The constellation Rohini appeared as did stars like Ashvini. The sun, the moon, and the other stars and planets were very peaceful. All directions appeared extremely pleasing and the beautiful stars twinkled in the cloudless sky. Decorated with towns, villages, mines, and pasturing grounds, the earth seemed all auspicious. The rivers flowed with clear water and the lakes and vast reservoirs full of lilies and lotuses were extraordinarily beautiful. In the trees and green plants full of flowers and leaves pleasing to the eyes, birds like cuckoos and swarms of bees began chanting with sweet voices for the sake of the demigods. A pure breeze began to blow, pleasing the sense of touch and bearing the aroma of flowers. And when the Brahmanas engaging in ritualistic ceremonies ignited their fires according to Vedic principles, the fires burned steadily, undisturbed by the breeze. Thus, when the birthless Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, was about to appear, the saints and the brahmanas, who had always been disturbed by demons like Kamsa and his men, felt peace within the core of their hearts, and kettle drums simultaneously vibrated from the upper planetary systems. Purport. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that his appearance, birth, and activities are all transcendental, and that one who factually understands them is immediately eligible to be transferred to the spiritual world. The Lord's appearance of birth is not like that of an ordinary man who is forced to accept the material body according to his past deeds. The Lord's appearance is explained in the previous chapter. He appears out of his own sweet will. When the time was mature for the appearance of the Lord, the constellations became very auspicious. The astrological influence of the constellation known as Rohini was also predominant because this constellation is considered very auspicious. Rohini is under the super, super, supervision of Lord Brahma, who was born of Vishnu. And it appears that the birth of Lord Vishnu, is, who is in fact birthless. According to the astrological conclusion, besides the proper situation of the stars, there are auspicious and inauspicious moments due to the different situations of different planetary systems. The time of Krishna's birth, the planetary systems were automatically adjusted so that everything became auspicious. At that time, in all directions, east, west, south, north, everywhere, there was an atmosphere of peace and prosperity. Auspicious stars were visible in the sky. 
and on the surface in all the towns and villages or pasturing grounds and within the mind of everyone, it was sign of good fortune. The rivers were flowing full of water and the lakes were beautifully decorated with lotus flowers. The forests were full of beautiful birds and peacocks. All the birds within the forest began to sing with sweet voices and peacocks began to dance with their consorts. The wind blew very pleasantly, carrying the aroma of different flowers and the sensation of bodily touch was very pleasing. At home, the brahmanas who were accustomed to offer sacrifice in the fire found their homes very pleasant for offerings. Because of disturbances created by the demoniac kings, the sacrificial fire had almost, had almost been stopped in the houses of the brahmins, but now they could find the opportunity to start the fire peacefully. Being forbidden to offer sacrifices, the brahmins were very distressed in mind, intelligence and activities. But just on the point of Krishna's appearance, automatically their minds became full of joy because they could hear loud vibrations in the sky of transcendental sounds proclaiming the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. On the occasion of Lord Krishna's birth, seasonal changes took place throughout the entire universe. Krishna was born during the month of September, yet it appeared like the springtime. The atmosphere was very cool, although not chilly, and the rivers and reservoirs appeared just as they would in Sharat, the fall. Lotuses and lilies blossomed during the day, but although Krishna appeared at 12 o'clock midnight, the lilies and lotuses were in bloom, and thus the wind blowing at that time was full of fragrance. Because of Kamsa's disturbance, the Vedic ritual ceremonies had stopped, had almost stopped. The Brahmins and saintly persons could not execute the Vedic principles with peaceful minds. But now the Brahmins were very peaceful to perform their daily ritualistic ceremonies undisturbed. The business of the Asuras is to disturb the Suras, the devotees and Brahmins. But at the time of Krishna's appearance, these devotees and Brahmins were undisturbed. Om Ajnana Timarandasya, Gananjana Shalakaya, Chaksurunmalatamyena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale, Sayam Rupakadamayam, Dadati Sapadhantikam, Vancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha, Kripa Sindhu Bayebhacha, Patitanam Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, <coughs> Sri Advaita Gadadhar, Sri Vasudegor Bhaktavrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One time I heard uh, my god brother Brahmananda Prabhu say that Prabhupada asked him what is the most important verse in the Bhagavad Gita. And he gave different verses and Prabhupada said, Janma karma chame divyam evam yo veti tatvataha 
Taktvadeham Purna Janma Naitima who one what Krishna says, one who knows the transcendental nature of my birth and, uh, and appearance never takes birth again in this world. Very important uh, these days, and I'm, I'm very happy that I could do this, um, give class, which I think is the most important thing for me on these days. But um, it is different from Vrindavan where the whole city is celebrating. And I always describe Vrindavan as the spiritual world because no one has to work. Um, but I guess according to the circumstances, we should do our best. Rupa Goswami says that if you can't live in Vrindavan physically, you should live there within your minds. So I think this is a good start. And that it gives me great joy to be able to do this. Bhakati Janani Madhavatiti, the days of Lord Hari give birth to devotion. Birth means something was not there and then it appears. And it's like that when you actually perform seriously spiritual activities. Remember, I always said that there should be times of the day for Krishna, Charebratani, Haritoshanani, where we make a vow only for Krishna. And there should also be days of the month, like a Kadasis, Madhavatiti, Kadasi, the days of Lord Hari, like a Kadasi and, and, and Janmashtami, etc. And ever, whenever we have that kind of mood, Chare Vratani Hari only for Krishna, that's when we get re realization and, and, and joy, realization and joy in Krishna consciousness. So somehow or other, this is the modern age. It's not just COVID, but in general, the world doesn't stop in New Jersey on Janmashtami, people go to work or in other places. Um, so it's hard to have that speciality, but festivals are very important. I think especially for Grihastas, married people, you know, days where they can, you know, do something special and increase their devotion just like we celebrate our own birthdays. So she would sell, we should celebrate Krishna's birthday. In the Bhakti Sandarbha, it says that it's a mistake to think that the great devotees or Krishna are historical persons. Historical person means they exist at a particular point in time. No, Krishna is eternally existing. Um, and let's start with that, just the concept of God. The concept of God is so beyond transcendental. It's transcendental, but it's reasonable. I, I studied what's called apologetics, the 
logical defense for the existence of God. And there are so many, so many arguments, so many arguments. Um, so many arguments. I'm just where to start. I, I like one that that. that um, you know, you have a watch and maybe there's a spring. So its power is contingent on something before that. And something before that, its power is contingent on something else. There's no such thing as a perpetual motion machine. Remember when I was young, we went to this one museum in New York called Ripley's, believe it or not. And they had this machine with, with balls that would go down like a circle. And then that would make, and it would keep on going, but it's, it's actually not, it'll have to stop. So there has to be a first cause because contingent things, contingent things have no power within themselves. <laughs> They're dependent on something else. So it can't go back infinitely. There has to be some first core. Anyway, I don't want to get to these, but let's talk a little more directly about Krishna. But so it, it, it's reasonable that God exists. Um, how can you deny God? I remember when when I first took the when the Russian devotees first came to India and they got out of the uh Iron Curtain, and you know they were just dreaming to come to Vrindavan, and I would take this one very heavy Russian determined. He was a person they put him in prison, and they they, they tortured him, but they couldn't affect his faith, and he was very strong. And those days, you used to walk around the Prickram path, and it was a dirt path. 90%, 80%, maybe 75% minimum was a dirt path. And you'd walk around and then every 10 yards, you'd see a peacock, because I think there was a sado that used to feed them. And these beautiful peacocks would come and show their flowers. And I remember kind of with anger at, at the people who had incarcerated him and tortured him in the atheistic communist government. He said, um, how can they, how can they deny God? It's very hard to deny God. Um, When things are by chance, they tend to become more chaotic, not more ordered. So I'm just, you look at a flower, you smell a flower. Um, and, uh, and it's God a person. I, I like this one, Alvin Plandiga was a great Christian apologist. They asked him, is God a person? He can't be less than a person. And the fullest manifestation of person, the fullest manifestation of person 
is one's intimate side, which only manifests in, um, it doesn't matter, it, it, the, it, the, our intimate side doesn't manifest in majesty or reverence or position. And therefore, Krishna is a reasonable conception of God. Um, a reasonable conception of God. That being of which no greater can be conceived. I, I, I actually wrote that one time, my, my experience when I first got the Krishna book given to be my college roommate who I met devotees in California in 1970 with, and he came back and gave me the Krishna book. when I was studying philosophy and the definition of God was that being of which no greater can be conceived. And then I began to read, I began to read about Krishna. And I said, this is that being of which no greater can be conceived. I can conceive of a, a, a being who is, greater than an amorphous mass of energy. And that's a, 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 a energy that has personality that can talk. <laughs> and then I can, I, I can, I can conceive of a, 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 a being which is greater than someone who is just all powerful and sitting on a throne. And that's one who expresses intimate love. So Krishna is called the first thing in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Krishna is the, called Akila Rasamrita Murti. What is Krishna? Akila, complete, Rasamrita, the nectar of rasa or relationship, Murti, the form, the complete form of the nectar of relationships, which means that he doesn't come with position because as I mentioned many times, position covers personality. So it's such a beautiful theological concept. Now I'm very inspired. I'm going to tell the story of Krishna's birth, maybe, but I'm very inspired to sing the song that they sing in Vrindavan on this day about Krishna's birth. Um, and I, I, Nanda by Nanda K of Nanda, Ananda by Baya means become Ananda. On Krishna's birth, his father Nanda became Ananda. Nanda became Ananda. He became very blissful. And in that mood of a father um, in joy of the birth of his son I don't they don't do this anymore but when I grew up if 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 a son was born in the family the father would give out cigars and this is actually this this charitable love this is called Danavir Veer means chivalry, ch ch charity. But what it is, it's expressing, it, it's Nandamarj expressing his parental love in, 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 in another mood that's so powerful. It seems like it's something, it's, it seems like it, it's something within itself. 
this charity is such a bob giving to people in charity but actually it's just an indirect expression of his parental love so nanda k ananda bio jai kanealal kana means a very small boy lal means very a small kanealal lal means a very young boy so nanda ke ananda bio jai kaneya lal ki nanda ke ananda bio jai kaneya lal ki jai kaneya lal ki jai kaneya lal ki and then it describes he gave charity hati dia he gave elephants gora dia he gave horses or and dia gave paliki he gave chariots so nanda ke ananda bio jai kaneya lalki jai kaneya lalki jai kaneya lalki hati dia goro dia or dia paliki hati dia goro dia or dia paliki Nandakeya Nanda Bio Jai Kaneya Lalki Nandakeya Nanda Bio Jai Kaneya Lalki Jai Kaneya Lalki Jai Kaneya Lalki Hati Dia Gora Dia Or Dia Palaki. So I'm remembering in Vrindavan, I remember the first Janmastami. In Vrindavan, I was uh, worshiping uh, Gornitai on the altar. And then when, when the deities opened up, people were throwing coins on the altar. And I remember just this feeling of all these pelted with coins as people would cheer. And there's nothing like nowhere, no, no other dham like the, the, the enthusiasm for Krishna that exists in Vrindavan. When those deity curtains open up and the people cheer, and when the kirtans begin and the people begin to dance spontaneously. So I'm getting a little enthusiastic because I think tomorrow I'm applying for my visa to go to India so I can go at least for Kartik. And uh can't get a tourist visa but there's other visas you can get so uh, you know when Prabhupada wrote the Krishna book it was a summary of all Krishna's pastimes and it begins not on the first verse of the 10th canto the the beginning 16 verses Prabhupada put in the preface and we know what happens in the Bhagavatam. There's two things that are going on. One thing that goes on is that it's a, a story, a story within a story, because it's Sutta telling Shonaka about Sukadev and Maharaj Prickett, who tell about so many. But there's also a philosophical line. And the philosophical line is how to hear Krishna in truth. Because without knowledge and without purity of heart, we tend to project our 
conditioned mind on what we hear. And therefore we don't hear things purely unless we're, we're... so the Bhagavatam so constructed that the first nine cantos builds up your frame of reference so that when you hear about Krishna, you'll understand you're hearing about God and not just hearing about an ordinary boy. It's just like uh, yesterday I spoke on Brahma v. Mohan Lila, and that was one of the main points of the story, that Krishna is sitting there with his friends, Bala Kali, and he, he's sharing the food that the mother has cooked in Vrindavan. And I try to give a glimpse that the ultimate reality is, is love, and love comes in relationship. Love comes in relationship. So Krishna is enjoying love. God is enjoying love. And we're sharing in that love because it's the same energy. It just comes from our heart to God. So it's the same energy of love. It's the same energy of love. And Krishna is enjoying with his cowherd boyfriends. But what are they enjoying? It's not just the taste of the food but the love that is expressed in that exchange. And Krishna, when he tastes the food, he doesn't just taste a, a, a rasgula. He tastes the love of his friends who are offering from their plate to his and the love of the mothers of, of those cowherd boys who cooked lunch for their friends, knowing that Krishna would taste it. So there's just such an experience. This is the ultimate reality. The ultimate reality is loving relationships with the Supreme Being that brings that love to rasa or its height. So in the morning, when the elderly gopis begin to cook their lunch for their children who are going out to the forest with Krishna. They're cooking, but they're cooking with Krishna and they're singing about him because he's so, he's Krishna, he's all attractive. Yasomati Nandana Braja Bara Nagara Gokula Ranjana Kana Gopi Parana Dana Madana Manahara Kaliya Dama Dabidana Amala Harina Mamiya Bilasa Amala Harina Mamiya Bilasa Vipin Parandara Navinava Nagabara Mamsi Badana Suvasa Rajajana Palana Surakula Nasana Nanda Godana Rakawala Sri Radha Bala Babrinda Bana Natabara Sri Radha Bala Babrinda Bana Batabala Sundara Nanda Gopala Sundara Nanda Gopala Jamuna Tata Chara Gopi Pasanahara Mamsi Bhatna Asuvasa. No. 
Chamuna tatachara gopi vasanahara rasa rasika kripa moya. Govinda madhava navanita taskara bhakti vanodasa. So all these beautiful songs, they're singing in their hearts, describing the activities of Krishna and they're cooking for Krishna with love. So that's the ultimate, ultimate reality. Because if, if the ultimate reality is love, rasa vai saha, love means there must be a concrete expression of that love, an exchange of that love. Anyway, the, the Prabhupada be, begins the Krishna book with the 17th verse. Once the world was overburdened with an unnecessary defense force of demoniac kings, and therefore the Mother Earth personified went to Lord Brahma to petition what to do. There was incredible ultimate accountability in the proper culture. Even if there wasn't sufficient rains, the king would be responsible because anad bhavanti bhutani parjanyada, all living entities subsist on food grains and food grains come from rain and rain comes from sacrifice. So when there is religiosity, then the, the weather is more regular. Yeah, I mean, this is just a point, pandemic and, and hurricanes and so many things. Um, they're not going to be wiped out by any medical science. Because Prabhupada said, it's like bamboo flow in the forest, the wind blows, there's going to be a dry bamboo, there'll be fire. It's, it's karmic reaction, and we sometimes forget that. It's collective karmic reaction. And therefore there is tragedy, therefore there's calamity. When people are trying to be the controllers, which is a const which is a consciousness that disconnects them from their source of love. That's what being the controller does. It disconnects you from your source of love. Um, then God in his mercy tells them that that faith has no future. And he, he takes away control. If I reflected on the first realization I had about the, 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 the pandemic is how powerful is God? His determination, Krishna's determination is an absolute fact. And he told everybody, you're not the controllers. People couldn't control. Rich people couldn't control either. Everyone was quarantined. You couldn't travel where you want. So anyway, the, the beginning question of, of the, in the ninth canto of the Bhagavatam, I'm going all over the place. I'm going to try to get a little bit more focused. But these nine cantos, Atrasargas, Vasargas, Chastatir, Poshanam, Uteya, Manvatara, Ishakanta, Narodha, 
muktir asraya. There's different subjects that help you to understand, purify your consciousness, give you knowledge and help you to actually experience and hear without the filter of our, our desires, the absolute reality. And not just to hear it, but to feel it because the ultimate goal of life, the priyogena is love and love is a feeling. Love is a feeling and, 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 and there's a universal love and that, that's that connection with God in love, when you are focused on God in your consciousness, because God is everywhere. By his mystic potency, he's everywhere. He's also in one place. He appears when, when, when Krishna was taking food with the coward boys and there was so many coward boys lined there, everyone was directly facing him because he has mystic powers. He can unlimitedly reciprocate with everyone's love in a way that one feels a direct personal relationship with God. Even every flower in Vrindavan that blooms, Krishna picks and he eternally picks it. <laughs> and it's the bhav. It's not, you get, you never get bored, you never get bored with bhav. You get bored, you never get bored with, a, with, with the right loving emotion. Love is an emotion that you could stay in forever. And, I, and when, 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 really when it's pure love, it's universal love and it's connected to God. And therefore you can be a, a flower is picked by God eternally. And it's eternally grateful and it's eternally ecstatic and it's eternally in that devotional mood. But let me just get to the story a bit. I, I, so in the ninth chapter, one of the subject matters of a Purana or a history in the Bhagavatam is a history, a history of it, it to be authentic, it must describe the lineages of kings. And it's very important to describe the lineage of kings because we have the wrong faith. And our faith is if I become a king, if I become a queen, I'll be happy. If I can have that level of control, if I can have that level of opulence, if I can have that level of power to move the, a king means within his limited sphere, but, but the illusion is, is very powerful that he's able to control. So there has to be an, 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 a, a, a proper history, which has a sambandi, has a relationship with, with, with God and having us understand God, then there has to be a history of the kings so that you actually see that the position that you are aspiring for is it's born of duality and fear. But yet we're aspiring for it. So we have to hear about those kings. And all those kings, they have some problem. You can go through the Bhagavatam, some problem, some family member disappoints them, some lust overcomes them. As the uh, Prabhupada quoted one British po poet, time and tide wait for no man. 
So it, it describes the dynasty of the kings and the kings, the Kshatriyas, they come from two dynasties. They either come from the sun god or they come from the moon god. But the sun comes before the moon, but somehow or other they mention the dynasty. Lord Ramachandra comes from the Somavamsa. No, that's uh, no Krishna comes from the Somavamsa, the the dynasty from the moon. So that's actually described first. And then when Maharaj Prickett is hearing this, he's hearing these dynasties, and it gives a, a short summary of who is Krishna. And just very briefly, that's the end of the ninth canto. And the beginning of the tenth canto, he said, Wow, this Krishna, who is Maharaj Prickett? Prickett means examiner, because when he was in the womb of his mother, there was an attempted abortion by Asvatthama by throwing a Brahmastra weapon, an Indian smart bomb directed at his womb, at the womb of his mother. And the mother prayed to Krishna for protection for her child and Krishna manifests in the womb. And then the child in the womb saw them, saw the child in the womb saw, saw Krishna. And that stimulated his senses. And more than that, it activated his heart in the most ultimate pleasure of that energy of connection with the supreme, attractive, loving being. And it created a samskara. It created an impression in his heart that a, a, a good thought, that this is what I like, this is what I want. I want that connection with God, and I want to feel that connection with God. And then he he, he was Parikshit. Parikshit means examiner. He, 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 he was looking for that the rest of his life. And of course, he's the grandson of Mara of Arjuna, who is the cousin of Krishna because Arjuna's mother, Kunti, is the sister of Krishna's father. So there's also this thing of some kind of spiritual blood relationship. So he just impels him. I want to hear more about Krishna and his story and why he killed his uncle Kamsa and, and what did he do? He was in Vrindavan and then he went to Mathura and then he went to Dwarka. Please tell me his activity. Then the, then the story begins. Once the world was overburdened with an unnecessary defense force of demoniac kings, the personified earth went to the milk ocean, went to the shore of the ocean with Lord Brahma and other demigods. And Lord Brahma petitioned, Yada Yada Hidharmasya Glanir Bhavati Bharata Bhutanam Tamaham. Whenever and wherever there is a discrepancy of religion, the Supreme Lord appears. So they're begging. And then Lord, and the interesting thing, this is a very interesting point that. When, when, when Bhumi, the earth came to Lord Brahma, 
when it came to when it came to Lord Brahma, Lord Brahma, um, he could have went alone, but he went with all the demigods. And the commentators say that this is very, very powerful, that this group petition, that's why Sankirtan is so powerful, we feel it. This group petition is more powerful than this uh, individual petition. And it was specifically the commentaries were talking about families the power of, of going to, to the church or the temple together. And then the, within Lord Brahma's heart, the order came from Krishna that he will appear soon, but first the, the demigods should appear in different families. In different families in Vrindavan. And then Yoga Maya, which is his internal potency, which facilitates his Leela and pastime, should also appear. And then the next scene we get is Krishna's mother and Krishna's father in a chariot, and the Indian system now misunderstood but the indian system was very interesting when a girl got married this is for social and psychological reasons they feel shastrically that this is the best arrangement then the girl goes to the girl goes to the 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 husband's house and they still do this in India. And then she goes for some time, then at a certain time during the year, she goes back to her own house. Um, she goes back to her own parents' house and stays and then goes back to her husband's house. But it, it's kind of a little traumatic because now the girl who loves her father and loves her mother and loves her sisters and loves her brothers. And now she's going someplace new. And psychologically, when you change environment, it's always difficult on the consciousness, at least on the material platform. We have organized our world for our needs. And then we're in, in terms of where our friends are and where our food is and where our, you know, uh, we organize it. And then when you go away, especially when you're brought up properly and you have the proper relationships with your families, and then when you go away and you go into another house, it's a bit traumatic, at least initially until you have time to organize. You have time to organize your, your environment. So in that system, the girl would go along in a big procession. Her brother would take her, which her brother would drive the chariot. So Devaki's brother was Kamsa, Krishna's uncle, his evil uncle. And some maid servants would go along. 
if it's an aristocratic family, certainly many maidservants would go along and there would be a procession. So Kamsa was doing this for his sister. And then there was an Akashvani, a, a voice from the sky, an unembodied voice that says, oh, Kamsa, you are such a fool for the eighth child of your sister will kill you. And you're such a fool that you're serving and carrying her on the chariot. Of course, Kamsa was demoniac. And what demon means is narcissistic. To the degree that there is nothing you won't do and justify that satisfies your own desires. It means you are centered and you see the world in terms of control and enjoyment. And there's no ethical or moral principles to restrict you in your mind. What you desire is true and right. We all have this consciousness within us. What you desire is, is, is right. So when he hears that, that his sister will kill him, then he thinks it's right to kill his sister. And he drops the rage of the chariot and grabs his sister's hair with his left hand and takes out his sword. And then of course, Krishna's father, who is a great diplomat, Vasudev, and now he has to save his sister, but he's no match as a warrior for, for Kamsa. Kamsa is very powerful. Now, very interesting what the commentators say on this. The voice was from the demigods. So why were the demigods inciting, why were the demigods inciting Kamsa to kill his sister. Well, the will of God works in strange ways, but at least the analysis we can understand that Kamsa was so powerful. He was such a powerful demon and he was persecuting people and stopping sacrifices. This is what eventually happened. That the demigods were afraid that he's going to get so much power from serving a devotee. We better stop this chariot ride. It's, it's like, uh, they say, like a tiger who doesn't eat on a codice, gets the, could get the benefit of a codice, of fasting. So he's going to get the benefit. So they tried to stop him. And Kamsa was, was like, and, and Vasudev, when he was born, When Vasudev was born, there were kettle drums and trumpets that played. Therefore, he was called Anaka Dundabi. Anaka is like a French horn, I believe, and Dundabi is a kettle drum. So, bum, 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 b
So it, so he was called Anaka Dundabi. And Anaka Dundabi means why it, why he was called Anaka because he's at, at his birth. But why was the trumpets and why was the drums playing? The reason why the trump trumpet and the drums were playing is the reason the trumpets and the drums were playing was because I have no idea why I'm so tired. Anyway, the trumpets and the drums were playing because this would be a personality that would have the quality of Asha Banda. That's one of the qualities of Baba, but it has a more generic term. Asha means hope and Banda means that your hope cannot be bound. In other words, you're so determined that nothing can stop you. And, and this a actually happened because Vasudev, you know, he tried, first of all, he tried to pacify Kamsa, this Sama. The first thing you do in conflict is just try to ease it out and pacify it. Then the second point, if that doesn't work, then boy, you got to create fear. So he looked at Kamsa and said, how can you kill someone who is a woman, who is your sister on the day of her marriage? How low can you go? A woman who's your sister on the day of her So Kamsa was, was you know, his, his desire so much for for what he thought was best to, with him, which was mean that his sister would no longer be a threat to him. He And then, you know, somehow or other, Vasudev trying, and, and I, I've seen this actually, when I grew up in Brooklyn, when, when some dark characters would become angry and try to control themselves, it would be, <laughs> they, they would they, it would be so hard their, their, their emotions the same thing even you know even there's some knowledge there's a, 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 some basic sense of the of, of the core decency your sister on the day uh, who's a, a woman who's your sister on the day of her marriage how can but there's nothing he could do and he couldn't resort to the fourth there, there's Sama, Beta, Dana, Danda. This is diplomacy. Sama, you make peace. Boy, you create fear. Dana, you bribe. Danda, you fight. Danda means a stick. So he knew that if, if Kamsa wasn't, if he couldn't stop Kamsa by by creating this fear of how horrible it was to, to do this, he had no hope and he was just about to give up. And this is what's nice when someone is ruled, not by his mind, but he's ruled by Shastra. He was just about to give up. He was just about to give up, but then he thought, of a religious principle. 
that God has given life and you should try to save life as far as possible. You should try to save life as far as possible. And then he thought of something. And it, it's so instructive, too. What he thought of is, let me promise Kamsa that it's not the eighth child, it's not, it, it, it's the eighth child that will kill you. But in case you have any fear, every single child that's born, I will bring to you and you can, you can do, you can kill if you want. And what he thought was, and Kamsa could die, anything could happen, but let me now divert this. But one thing in those days, the samskara for one's word was just so powerful. Practically the whole moral culture of India, as you read in the Mahabharata, was based on someone, was based on cultivating truthfulness in people because if you have truthfulness then if you want to discipline yourself and you want to do something and you want to transcend your lower nature all you have to do is speak it and vow it so there was so much training in this honesty and i i told you i you know 50 years ago meeting people in india you know that made vows like 50 years previous to that, they made vows. Raghunath Dasko Swami, he made a vow to pay a certain amount of obeisances. He made a vow to chant a certain amount of rounds. And it was like lines in the stone. Or, or, or Bhakti Shadanta Saraswati Thakur when he was young and he took a, accidentally took a mango that was supposed to be offered to the deities first and he took it for himself and his father chastised him and he said i will never again eat mango in my life and that's the king of fruit in india certainly i will never again eat mango for the rest of his life he never ate a mango so to make a a long story short Eventually, Vasudev uh, was doing that, but Kamsa still wasn't satisfied. He threw Vasudev in jail. Um, and then so many children were born. Now, Kamsa in his last life was a demon named Kalen Kalanemi. And he had demoniac children. So by the divine arrangement, the first six children that were born in Devaki's womb were the personification of evil. There was lust, there was greed, there was anger, lust, greed, anger, 
Oh my God, my mind's not working right. Lust, greed. Lust, greed, anger. Anyway, there was six. So Kamsa killed them one after another. But he's actually killing his own sons. Pride, envy, illusion. Some people are very expert in demonology. So there, he killed them. So in the, there's a very, it's, it, it, in the first chapter of the 10th canto, it's very unusual because Prabhupada puts notes from commentaries for 10, 15 pages, which he didn't put in the purports. And one commentary is very interesting that this is historical, but also it, it, it's, it's, anal uh, it's metaphorical also because Devaki is where Krishna will take birth. And where does Krishna take birth? Bhakti. So Devaki represents Bhakti, the heart of Bhakti. So we have our hearts. So if we want Krishna to appear in our hearts, then we have to get free of, we just, we have to get free of lust, anger, greed, pride, illusion, envy. Then Krishna appears in our hearts. But how do you get rid of those things? Well, Kamsa represents material fear. Because generally what's happened in Brahmanda, Brahmate, Konya, Bhagavan, Jeev, Guru, Krishna, Pasadi, Paiba, in wandering in the universe from species of life, I've gone over this species of life. What happens is, is we had followed our fear, we had followed our envy, we followed our greed, and faith in them, faith, my lust will make me happy, my pride will make me happy, my ego will make me happy, my envy will make me, my hate will make me happy. And when you follow them, you come further and further away from the, from the, the consciousness of the soul, which is, which is consciousness, which reaches its fruition in service which manifests in, in, the, in the deep feelings of, of, of humility, of gratitude, of compassion, of devotion. And when you follow lust, wanting to control, you follow greed, wanting to control, you follow envy, wanting to control, and lust, wanting to control, and anger, wanting to control, when you follow those, it disconnects you from yourself. And, 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 and dreams do not last. So they're always threatened with non-existence. And we know that. Therefore, this, this life is a dream in that sense. Nasate vidyate babo nababo vidyatesa. Of that which is temporary, there, there, there is no reality. There's no permanent reality. It's a, it is it, something there, but we're seeing it for something else. It's not, it's not that the body is not there. And it's not that the body is not connected to our subtle consciousness and our karma. But it's not the self. 
So we become disconnected from the bhava, the consciousness that can make us happy when we take the material path of controlling and enjoying the world without restriction. So these things have to, that faith has to be destroyed. And that's what's happening in the pandemic. That's what's happening in the world. That's what's happening in our, our sickness and everything else that happens to us. That's what happens. These things are destroyed. Because we wind up in despair when we're connected from an eternal reality. Because there's no substance in it and there's no permanence in it. There's no substance to, to satisfy our heart and there's no reality to it. That, that's why it's mentioned in the second canto that God is the object of, of, of worship. Why? Because it's real. <laughs> It's eternal and it's priya. It's the most dear thing. Just as the soul, it, the body, it, it becomes dear because of the soul. The soul becomes dear because of Krishna is the soul of the soul. And then he kills him. He wants to, he, he kills all those children, but it's actually fear destroying the material inebriates. And when that happens, we start to seek for God. We start to seek, and I mentioned this many times, for an authority that's higher than our desires and opinions. And then God reciprocates with that by sending us a person who represents the knowledge that we are seeking to make us happy. We were seeking happiness and greed didn't work, lust didn't work. Then we say there must be something higher than this. We're seeking something else. So in that heart that is meant to be a receptacle of bhakti to attract Krishna, we become free from these things and we develop the desire to search for some, some truth, some guidance, some some a truth that's higher than these opinions and desires and then guru appears so balaram appears in the womb but of course yoga maya transfers balaram to the womb of rohini in Vrindavan, and devaki thinks she has a miscarriage and then as we read in the verse krishna is going to appear and it's completely auspicious and all the omens and signs and everything is very, very auspicious. And then Krishna appears, Pritanaya Sadunam Duskritam, to annihilate the miscreants, but protect the devotees, but mostly to protect the devotees. And real protection is the protection of heart, because tragedy is suffering. But tragedy that's suffering in the mind. Tragedy is unhappiness. And, and suffering and unhappiness is just a symptom that we're not being filled with the reality of happiness, which is the Supreme Lord and our connection with him. 
So we're not filled in that way. So what do we need? We need to move out of the center. And how do we move out of the center? We have to develop love because when you love, you put someone else in the center. So how do you develop that? You have to hear. Krishna appeared. Puritanaya Sadhum to protect the devotees, but protect what? Protect their bhava, protect their consciousness by performing various pastimes of which when we hear, we develop a desire to be a servant. As Prabhupada said, servant is not ordinary thing. Wow, okay. Um, that's about it for today. And tomorrow we'll do some Prabhupada Kata. And then Wednesday I'll have Shaitanya Bhagavat. Um, Jamuna Jaya, any point that struck you? Are you still here? Or you had to go to work. I think maybe she had to go. Okay, she was here, but she had to leave for work. Anyone else like to make a comment or say hello? Hi, Krishna Maharaj, Gail here. Yeah, you can ask me. Yeah, well, it was it was so nice that um, you know, before the class this morning, I was I was hoping that you would elaborate on the concept of authority, you know. And you, you know, it's nice that you did that without my really having to ask. <laughs> Our super you know? connection, Gail, is quite profound. Yes, yes, and I love it. Okay. Um, one, one question, though, is um, about Vasudev. His name is Anaka Dundubi. Yeah. And I, and I, I wasn't clear on, um, I mean, you've said it in other classes, but. The demigods understood that a great personality would be born who would have this quality of asabanda, that his hope could not be bound, which was shown in the pastime of Krishna, because he had every reason to just give up because he couldn't pacify Kamsa. But he got that extra win because he had this character that his hope could not be bound. And because the demigods knew such a great personality would be born, when he was born, they were playing trumpets and they were resounding with drums. Okay, okay. Okay, anyone else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Malati, Haribo. Good. Haribo. Thank you for class. Uh, I mean, in addition to just hearing the pastimes of Krishna and having a chance to meditate on, on that, the story of his birth, I, what really strikes me is um, with you explained, I know it's not symbolism, but I guess the personification of all the people involved in the story. So Krishna's mother and father and all the babies killed before, and it makes it um, almost practical. It's like we have all those components in our own heart and mind, and it gives a little path, um, you know, a little map right there built into the story of how to find Krishna and how to come to Krishna. And that gives me a lot of hope. And I look forward to meditating more on that because I think there's a lot of answers there. Well, thank you. That's a nice realization. And it's nice to be with you on Janmashtami. So nice to be with you, Maharaj. I can't okay. wait for more. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, come come tomorrow too. Anybody else like to say hello? hello. Express something? 
Okay, I have the list. I see all the people. Hey, Christian, go around. I'll go Okay, so Lau, we'll come over. I've never been to your place before. I, I want to see your deities, okay? I'm looking forward to it, yeah. I'm seeing how Brudger is decorated with all the different pictures, and it looks... Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the dining room. Oh, that's the dining room, okay. Yeah. Well, if that's the dining room, then what what, what would the temple room must be like? <laughs> I'll wait and see. Okay. Anybody else say hello? Harry Wolf. Hey, Krishna Gumaraj, Tota Gopinath here. Happy Jamasmi. We'll see you, Tota, soon, right? Okay. Yes. Anybody else? Hey, Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Krishna Maharaj. Oh, you're there in Gogodan again. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice to see you. Hi, Bo. Okay. Wonderful. So you'll decorate your deities today? You'll cook something nice? Please. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, anybody else? will come over also. What's that? Nityan Gimataji will come over also and we will have Kirtan. Oh, wow, that's like a blessing. I saw she was in class today too. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I knew you were there. I knew you were there. Any, any, any way to get visas from Iran to India? We hope we yeah. can find. We have visa, Maharaj. We have visa, but, but we cannot go there. Well, you, have, you have the wrong visa now. You need to get either yeah. a student visa. They have something called an X2 visa, which is religious people. Yeah, but but because of the bad bad situation in Iran, we cannot. Because of COVID. Journey. Yeah. Uh, Okay, next year in Vrindavan. I will not tolerate if I don't see you and <laughs> the others in Vrindavan. We try, Maharaj. We try yeah, to come. I'll, I'll be walking around the hill every day praying that you come. Oh, okay. thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Bao. This is Gemala Tarada, Maharaj. Thanks okay. so much for such a wonderful class. I want to hear it again. <laughs> okay, great. And you'll do something there for Janmashtami? Yes, uh, I've been um, doing some. I did the garlands for the deities here yesterday. So. Okay. Yes, we will. Peace Kirtan together? Yes, we will, yeah, we will have a celebration, Kirtan, uh, storytelling and then prashadam with all the devotees here it's so fortunate to be in a devotional community yes it is very fortunate okay anybody else are krishna Maharaj narmasaki here haribo are you in your place your farm haribo Okay, the reception. Uh, actually, I'm on the way to the farm. I uh, made some uh, sweet rice and I'm distributing prasad. I'm taking to the farm for the people that are working there. Oh. Okay. All right. I'm going to head out now. I'll see anybody yeah. who wants to come Thank tomorrow. you. Thank you for the class. Oh, so great to be with everyone. Okay. Vanchakalpa Trubhyasya Kripasindu Bhayevacha Patita.